Hello and welcome to another edition of Pastor's Pad, a daily reflection about life with Jesus. Today we're going to have a little fun talking about weddings. Um, You know, I've done my share of weddings, probably in the neighborhood of 60 or 70 weddings over the course of the last 14 or 15 years. Uh, I've been involved in, and I've been involved in some some doozies, um, a handful of ones that were fairly expensive, where the couple showed up in Rolls Royce limousines, and they had a nice sculpture of themselves at the wedding reception, and they released doves and butterflies. Not really sure why you have to release both, but they did. Um, I've been a part of uh, some fun and creative uh, weddings where both the bride and the groom were very into country western and so it was quite a hoedown and uh, if I you know can brag a little bit I did in the course of the homily that I gave at the reception or at the wedding um, for the couple I worked in 17 song titles to country western music it's amazing how much how many different country western songs can go together um I've been a part of um, a wedding prank, uh, I guess you could say, that the couple asked me to do something in the ceremony to object in the middle of it. And because I'll do almost anything twice, I did. Uh, I did what they asked, and um, I, I just didn't realize I was sitting next to the grandpa of the bride who, when I objected to the wedding, looked like he was about ready to punch me in the face. Uh, But he didn't, uh, though when the wedding reception happened after that moment, no one sat by me at the reception. I sat at a table all by myself. Anyway, but truth be known, I love a good wedding. And I was thinking about weddings today. I I had a Bible study with a young adult, and we were talking about the spiritual life, the life with Jesus, the walk, the relationship, and we got into talking about weddings. You know, there's this whole concept, and I don't, I haven't traced back to see where um, this came from uh, and that, but you know, the whole idea of finding the one, um, that there is this one person out there for you, and uh, God has picked this person just for you, and, and there's only one, so you better get it right. Um, And I don't agree with that. Uh, It's not that God doesn't have a plan for us, but it is the fact that there comes a point in time when you have to make a choice to love the person um, that you want to marry, uh, to be with them, and to make vows and promises to them. It's always going to be a choice. Uh, Because the idea of finding the one that is tough for us these days is that Let's say you believe that there is just one perfect person out there for you. When you get married, you think you found that perfect person, but then things uh, get difficult and you have a hard time and suddenly start thinking, well, man, if this was the one, it wouldn't be so hard, right? So then you start to think, well, maybe I just haven't found the one. I got it wrong. So if I break it off with this person, I need to go back and search in finding the one where this will just be easier. And that's the danger of that philosophy because Marriage and any relationship, really, whether it's a romantic relationship or it's friendship or it's our relationship with God, any of that is tough. It has tough and difficult moments. 
Um, in fact, the relationship with God is so hard at times that Jesus said that the road that leads to life or that leads to Jesus is narrow and few find it. Not because God doesn't want more people to find it, but because it's it's hard, it's not easy. You have to make a commitment and stick to it. Um, and uh, and I want to talk more about that. But to do that, I want to I want to share uh, a story about a baptism uh, that I was able to uh, to be a part of. I've also had a chance to be uh, a part of a lot of baptisms uh, where people have given their life to Jesus. Um, and in our faith tradition, you do that by immersion, uh, going all the way under the water. Um, and, uh, and I've done some different things along the way to, to make that special. I mean, I've, I've been out in the ocean and baptized people. I've baptized people in a hot tub. I've baptized people anywhere really we can find a good place um, to do that. But I had uh, a college student once come in and talk to me. And, uh, and they, they came in and they said, you know, I've really been wrestling with this idea of baptism uh, for a long time. Uh, she said... I felt like there are times when God has wanted me to, to say yes and to commit to baptism, which basically baptism is just saying that you trust Jesus with your life. That's, that's what it is if you boil it all down. You trust Jesus with your life. Um, and, uh, and she said, and I, and I do trust Jesus with my life, but I also wrestle because um, she said that when she looks in scripture that Jesus apparently was able to save people that weren't baptized. And the example she gave was the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross, when Jesus was being crucified, the thief on the cross asked Jesus to remember him when he gets to, to heaven. Um, and, and Jesus said that he would. Um, and as far as we know, that that man wasn't baptized. So she said she wrestled with whether or not baptism was crucial. And uh, she and I talked for a while, just one time together, and as we were talking, I felt impressed to talk to her about uh, a baptism being like a wedding. Um, and I said, you know, when you fall in love with somebody, you tell that person you love them, but there comes a point in time when you want the whole world to know that you love them. And so you uh, decide to make a commitment and you have a public ceremony that we call a wedding. Um, and the wedding uh, then is where you stand in front of friends and family and you make a commitment. Um, and the commitment is to say that I, I promise to love this person all the days of my life. I'm in this, I trust them. Um, and you uh, go under the water as a part of your public declaration that you love this person. So the person already knows that you love them, but when you want to make it official, you make a covenant to that person in front of everyone. And I said, and that's what baptism is. Jesus knows you love him, but there comes a point in time when you're ready to tell the whole world and make a commitment to him for the rest of your life. Um, and we talked a little bit more, we said our goodbyes, and uh, she said she'd be in touch. And I figured we'd have a lot more talking to do uh, to help her as she was wrestling with this idea. But later that day, she actually called me and she said, I'm ready, I'm ready to get married to my best friend. I wanna get baptized for Jesus. Um, and I was blown away. But what was even more cool is that when we did the baptism, she set it up like a wedding. She wore a white dress. She had her friends and family. Her mom had a little reception ready for afterwards. 
Um, it was a freshwater baptism out by a river, and she came in to music, and she walked up, and um, I had written vows to her from Scripture, uh, things that I thought Jesus would say to her in that moment, and she wrote her vows, what she promised to do for Jesus. As a part of the vows that I read to her, I included this passage from Hosea. It's Hosea 2, where God says, I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the, the Lord. The word betrothed means to be engaged to, to make a commitment to. So it's very similar to that. And then, like I said, she read her vows. And then when we were ready, we got down into the water and we said the things that we say that because of her commitment and her promise to follow Jesus all the days of her life, um, I now baptize her in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I got to tell you, it was one of the most memorable moments of my life. But I think it's such a good way to think about that relationship with Jesus. If you think about the typical vows that you give at a marriage, they're going to sound something like this, some variation or another, is that I promise to love you for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, in good times and in bad times, until death, in the situation with Jesus, until death brings us closer together. You make this commitment to Jesus, and here's the thing. Some people think that when they start following Jesus, that um, that if they do it right, if they, if they pray right, if they read scripture right, then every moment is going to feel like butterfly kisses and rose petals. It's going to be sweet and amazing and incredible. And every time I open the scripture, I'm going to read it, and it's going to be, wow, it's amazing. Um, but... The truth of the matter is, is that the relationship with God, it's like a marriage. There are really good days and there are not so good days, but you don't run away from God because you don't, because of the bad days, you've made a commitment in sickness and in health and for richer, for poorer, in good times and in bad times, you've made a vow. And what I tell married couples is that when they take those vows, they promise to uh, follow those vows every day of their life. It's not just when they get married that they say those vows and agree to those vows. It's every day of their lives. And there are days when it's going to be really, really easy to say yes to those vows because everything's great. And then there are going to be days when it's really, really hard to say yes to those vows because you're in a tough time. But just because you're in a tough time doesn't mean it's not worth it. We have this thing in our world that we think that conflict is a bad thing. Well, conflict isn't a bad thing. Conflict that we don't deal with is a bad thing. Um, but conflict that we deal with and address can actually bring us closer together. And so as you go on this journey with Jesus, you're going to have really, really good days and it's going to be amazing. And when you pray, it'll be like the hallelujah chorus in the background. And then there are going to be days or seasons where you just feel like you're going through the motions. The key is to keep going, is to keep investing each and every day to invest in that relationship. And the more you do that, the more you will grow in your intimacy with God. You know, there's few things that I love more than seeing an elderly couple with wrinkles and all the wear and tear of life holding hands walking down the street. And why do I love that? Because you look at them and you know they have been through it. They have experienced highs and lows, good times and bad times, struggles and joys. 
They've gone through crazy things like the pandemic that we're in right now, and they have made it. They are committed to each other, and that's what it means to go with God in this way. It's a difference between a covenant relationship and a consumer relationship. A consumer relationship says that I'm only in the relationship for the things I get out of it. As long as I get out of it what I want, I'm in it. But the minute I start not getting out of it what I want, I'm done. Uh, And far too many of our relationships are being treated that way these days versus a covenant relationship, which is what you do when you get baptized. It's what you do when you make a vow on your wedding day. You say, I am in this relationship no matter what, in good times and in bad times, in rich and through rich there and poor, um, until in sickness and in health, until death do us part, or in the case of God, bring us closer together. And so I hope that as we continue on this journey with the podcast, as we continue to open up scripture, as we continue to reflect on life with Jesus, that you will take the plunge to commit to a life with Jesus, a day in and day out um, relationship that you invest in. And there will be days when it's great and there'll be days when it's just so-so and even days when it's really hard. But you work through all of that to blossom into something that you could never have imagined until you put the work into it and you saw the fruits for yourself. And so that's my encouragement for you today, that you can invest in that relationship with Jesus um, and follow him no matter what, and that you'll get to see the fruit of that commitment. So with that, let me have a word of prayer for us. Father God, I thank you so much that you are so committed to us, that we rebelled against you, we walked the other way, we choose things that aren't you, and yet still you chase after us. You said that you loved us so much that you gave us your one and only son, and that Jesus died for us while we were still sinners because you love us more than we could possibly imagine. And your hope, your wish, your dream is that we would return some of that love, that we'd be willing to go on this journey in life with you, and that we would invest in that relationship so that we could see the fruit of what it produces in us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. And that as we continue to experience that, that we have that to share with others. We can love others better because of the way that you love us. So uh, please help us to make that commitment to you. Um, I thank you for all you do for us. Continue to lead and guide us. We pray in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I want to thank you again for listening uh, for week two, the end of week two here, uh, to uh, another reflection in Pastor's Pad, a daily podcast on life with Jesus. We hope to have you listen in again next week as we seek to continue to grow in living each day with Jesus. Blessings. Blessings.